Hi, welcome to Just Charisma. I'm your host, Brain Charisma, and a uh, special guest with me today, Malcolm Beaton. Hello. So, uh, what's going on with you, man? Uh, not too much. Uh, just been going to school, uh, done a weird amount of traveling recently, considering I'm the type of guy who just doesn't like leaving home or my bedroom for the most part. Okay. Uh, we just had our kind of spring break, reading break for university at VIU, so we went, me and a couple of buddies went down to... Seattle and Portland for oh, cool. for the week, and uh, it was awesome. We saw a couple concerts and went to an art museum and the zoo. And I got back and last fr uh, Friday, so a couple nights ago, I went down to Victoria for another show and end up taking probably one too many feet to the face during the mosh pit. Oh no! No, I I feel like I'm talking funny because my nose is kind of still hurts a little bit, but I'm like, oh, brutal. All part of the the live excitement, I guess, of those kind of shows. True. Which was a it was a pretty fun time, and it was a band called On Call Heroes, which they stopped being a band or went on hiatus, I guess, for a couple of years, and they're like local pop punk legends. Okay, yeah. And uh, they were they were really they were, had a lot of momentum going for a long time, and then they decided to stop doing their thing, and right, you know, they came in, became adults, and uh, so they had like a ten year reunion show. And it was just nuts. Like the venue was packed, and everyone was singing along and dancing, and like it just got really rowdy really quickly. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like it's good to see like that. There's a lot of people that still like to listen to their music. Yeah, that's a crazy thing about like I hear it all the time because um, I spend too much time reading and listening to music people talk and and doing all my little research on bands I really like and hearing stories about bands that go on hiatus for years and then come back and like still have like sold out shows on their tours and they're just like how is this happening and then for that to happen to like a local band like that and be part of that and watch that it's like all right so maybe the idea of being a local band solely isn't like the worst thing in the world right <laughs> which gives hopes to i think gives a lot of ambition to a lot of young musicians in the area which is really cool because it kind of shows that you can be successful without having to ever really leave Vancouver Island. It's true. Which a lot of people in the music scene here kind of are a little back and forth about, but yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, you always, a lot of people probably feel like if they don't take a risk and go somewhere that's more populated <laughs> or, like, there's more potential for to be seen, yeah. that they will, uh, they'll never, like, they'll never shine or they'll never get to where they want to be. But, mm -hmm. I mean, really, if take the right steps wherever you are you can definitely succeed yeah oh, yeah totally and i think that applies to just about anything that's not traditional work anymore literally like all like this whole like and i, I know you're you're familiar with like uh like kind of funny and like the rooster teeth guys yeah. like I, I i watch a lot of that stuff and and that's another kind of story of like this company and these little guys who just took that first step at the right time or at a time and kind of took off from there and and that's what I want to do at some point is is I think the tough part is just figuring out that first step into in, in the direction you yeah, want to go. yeah yeah and also figuring out the direction you want to go is a pretty tough one too absolutely like I mean I don't know about you but like leaving high school I was you know I was like okay I'm gonna do this but like I never like was like a hundred percent for it yeah and even today like I'm doing what I went to school for, and I enjoy it, and I like it, but I uh, don't... There's always something else that I'd rather... It's almost like 
there's like almost, it's like like a dream. Like you, yeah. you still want to chase it. Oh yeah, totally. And it's funny you bring up the like getting out of high school because it feels like forever ago now. But like it was only like two and a half, three years ago for me. And uh, I remember my my thought going out of high school was. I'm not doing university. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I hate it. I hate school. I'm just going to go and do music or whatever and just like work a crappy job and play in bands and tour around and stuff. And then shortly after that, I realized that, boy, I hate working in retail. <laughs> boy, I just hate it. I hate it so much. It's, it is a pain. It is a very big struggle. Yeah. And so I worked in... At like a at Staples for a couple year, couple months, almost almost a couple years actually. Now I'm thinking about it, and I just like I hated it so much. I'm like, all right, I have to go to school. I can't keep doing this for the rest of my life. I can do music and stuff on the side, but like, I'm not working in retail anymore. And uh, it was around that time where I started getting into YouTube and movies and music videos and kind of like all this kind of digital products, I guess. Right. And like the the whole industry of and then being Vancouver so close by, and that's just, a, it's booming right now. Absolutely. And uh, so I was like, well, I guess digital media is a pretty interesting thing. It kind of includes all of that. And uh, so I decided on going and doing that. And I'm in my second year now, and God, it's awesome. Yeah, you like and it? It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's everything I wanted and probably a bit that I didn't want, but that's just <laughs> university. Course. So Of course, right? Like no one... Not, I don't really know anyone who's excited about going to school. So yeah. they're all excited about the end game, you know, like finding mm -hmm. that that job that's gonna take them where they want to go. Yeah, and it's, it's it's also the funny thing about my program is I talk to people during exam week and they're just like freaking out and they're just like crunching and like they got like essays and exams and all this stuff and I'm just sitting there like you know I gotta I gotta record some music and <laughs> I gotta film a video for a minute and a half and then edit it like. That, those are my exams. Those are my I mean, essays. And to be honest, making the right edit video is super hard. Like you got to find the right angles, the pictures. Oh, yeah. Like it's it, there's it sounds easy like on paper. Like oh, I'm just gonna film this for a minute and a half and I'll figure it out. But it's like that minute and a half is actually like four hours, hours. of prep and <laughs> yep. and uh, you know three hours of editing and all the stuff in between. And you're just like, man, this is this does. Mm -hmm kind of qualify as like a 1200 word essay or whatever it needs to be for whatever pro the programs but for sure uh, I, I, I i enjoy it so that's good that's good um so like how long is your program it's actually a four-year program four years okay um and the first bit of it is just kind of getting a basics down for like video editing and sound recording and right sound editing and then there's like the whole media studies bit of it which is like analyzing different media like what about this movie makes it so good and it's not just like i liked it it's like what about like the film angles and the color and like the decoration and the character building and like so it actually just makes watching movies a lot more fun in my opinion uh even though some people may disagree that when you have that kind of angle on a movie that it ruins it like it takes away all that magic but for me it's like that's the stuff that makes it magical is right. all that production aspects and okay. the whole, yeah, just the technical side of movies, film, all that kind of stuff is really what gets, gets me going, I guess. It, it is really cool. Um, so then like, 
for work, where do you go looking after? Like, do you just kind of apply at, like, studios or... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the spot right now where I'm, I'm second year in, so I still have two years left to go, and then I have the option to do, like, a master's program somewhere else. Okay. Because uh, I'm Aboriginal, so I had to go through the whole process and uh, the steps to getting my school funding. And so I, I have a really good opportunity to, if I just don't stop doing school, it will just continue to have benefits for me. Right. Financially, I can't afford this on my own. But if I want to go get my master's program right after, then that's not impossible for me. Okay. So right now I'm looking at if that's something I want to do, which could be another two to three, four years of school. And then, but then I could you know do some really cool things. But, uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards sound design. Um, okay. Working with preferably non-live action sound because I find live action stuff like, you know, your traditional movies and, and TV shows, you're really limited with what sound you can produce and what already exists. Whereas in like animation or cartoons or video games, you get like infinite possibilities. You don't have to abide by any rules of sound or physics or anything. So right. that's what I want to do is basically just have an opportunity to be as creative as I want within like the proper context, obviously. Of course, right? Yeah. You don't want to have like the random sounds that would break break the wall in the movie mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, and it's such a such a fine art that I'm only kind of scratching the surface of of like I don't know. It's 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 different when you after you take those kind of courses and programs and get that insight on how movies are done or whatever media, mm-hmm. and then like going and experiencing that media, and you start to realize like, oh, that's that's like that one trick that guy did, and like a really interesting example of this is like the Indiana Jones films. Um, he's got this little this little pistol or whatever throughout the films, and like. It was recorded like the gunshots after like a huge hunting rifle, like oh really? Or like yeah, it's like which makes no sense like when you think about like yeah a little pistol making this huge sound, but when you're watching the movie, it's like you don't even care because it just sounds badass. Or uh, another classic one I think of is in that movie with the giant boulder rolling down. The sound guys actually went out to a mountain and were just pushing boulders down the cliff and like trying to get this sound, and they just couldn't get this sound. Until they were driving down the mountain, for whatever reason, the sound guy was, like, listening, and he was like, hold on, just throw the car in neutral, let me mic up the back tire real quick, and I think this is the sound, and that's the sound that's in the movie, it's just, like, the back tire of a car rolling down, like, just coasting down a mountain, and that's the, <laughs> that's the boulder sound, and it's like, stuff like that is what, like, blows my mind, it's like, I want to be able to do that. I want to figure out those little tricks to make people think that they're hearing something that they're clearly not. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's just, yeah, just exactly stuff like that that what made me really fall in love with uh, just kind of media in general, and especially modern media, like the stuff you see on YouTube or Netflix or like any of those streaming services. It's like, it may not be the best quality content, but like the production value in a lot of that stuff is really good just because that technology is so accessible now as For well. sure. Like if you wanted to make a full length movie, you probably could with like your phone and like a laptop and like, it might not be, you know, the most stunning visually, but 
But you could do it. You can do it. Absolutely. And it looked real real good and you can probably enter it in for some a couple couple awards here or there and you never know. Like that's the crazy thing about like this whole industry right now is it's it's growing so fast and so unpredictably and like you never know. Like something like this could like take off like overnight and you're just like, Whoa, like Yeah, exactly. Now I gotta start doing this all the time. And, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like a full time job. Yeah. Like that would be those kinds of things would be like, they're awesome. Yeah, they're they're like the they're, they're the kind of stories that make you believe that it could still happen to you mm. someday, and like that, that alone for me is enough to hold on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, the way I always think about that is like, it just depends on how much you like measure success or how successful you want to be. Like, I went down and like sat down and and when I was still in high school, like crunched the numbers. Like, if I was a musician, how much would I need to make at every show, and how often would I need to play like live venues? And like, realistically, you don't need to sell out like Rogers Arena every night to survive as a musician. You can play like local shows and you still survive. Or you could be a YouTuber with, you know, you could probably get by with like, you know. A solid amount is just like ten thousand subscribers or something. You oh, for probably, sure. You you could probably get by pretty comfortably. Yeah. And in the grand scale of success on YouTube, that's you almost wouldn't even like think of that as success in some people's eyes. Where you know there's people with like ten million subscribers. Yeah, I was gonna say comparing comparing yourself to like the high end people like PewDiePie yeah. or like kind of funny people like that when mm. their success is they they they're skyrocketing. They're phenomenal. But yeah. They're they're doing something right or they did it at the right time mm -hmm. for like, yeah, but like you can measure success any way you want. So, I mean, if you're, you feel like you made it at 10,000 subscribers at mm -hmm. a constant basis yeah. and you're able to live and survive comfortably, then that's awesome. That's, that to me is success right there. Like it's totally, that's the dream. Like that's that, that is the dream. <laughs> like as long as you can like survive comfortably doing whatever you want to do and like that to me, yeah, that's, that's like that's that's the goal that's the end game right there yeah and like there's nothing there's nothing better than waking up and like doing something you really enjoy doing mm -hmm. i know like from the olden days you know it's like you grow up you get a job and then you work nine to five for the rest of your life yeah. and then that's and you wait till you retire and then you do nothing until you die yeah but i noticed like in today's society you know everyone wants to be an entrepreneur everyone wants to do this they want to mm -hmm. they, they just, they just want to say fuck nine to five yeah and they want to do, they want to be, you know, more, they want to do a lot more with their life than just work. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's a really awesome thing because I'm the kind of guy that's like, I don't want to be part of the system. Fuck that. Like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. So seeing all these people now uh, who are doing exactly that, like, I don't want to work for a big film corporation because I can just go make my own films for really affordably. And, like, that's how you get, like, a lot of... At least that's how I think a lot of YouTubers kind of start. Uh, uh, the one that's come to mind is uh, Corridor, Corridor Digital, I think, or like Rocket Jump, uh, which used to be Freddie Wong, I guess. Um, like those guys, I'm sure like they want to do like big movie productions, but realistically, you can be really successful just making five to ten minute video clips on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Whatever you want, no one's going to tell you otherwise. And no one's going to tell you it's going to fail because you just got to put it up and chances are it's going to do something. Like Yeah, like you're going to, it's going to, like whether you share it on Facebook or mm -hmm. Instagram, like it's going to be seen by someone. Yeah. And then if it's seen by the right person, say, for example, they have so many followers or whatever, then 
their followers will see it. And like, yeah. literally, it's just an overnight thing. And then, yeah, no, it's. it's uh, I know there, a buddy of mine who actually lives here in Lanceville named uh, Bryce. Bryce. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. he shared. A, he his car got totally screwed over and he shared the video and then the next day I saw it like on some crazy like 700,000 liked like motor page or whatever and it's, it's got like 70,000 views and I'm like I bet he's getting none of the profit from that but like <laughs> he's probably just stoked his videos getting shared that much and turning into a thing so absolutely like I mean like yeah it's I mean uh, hopefully I mean they hopefully got the recognition but yeah I think I think I did see like a little like video courtesy of okay Bryce or whatever, but is it that's also like the weird thing about media nowadays is you don't even need to create it. You just need to find it before anyone else does and share it. Yeah, and maybe put some text over it, and like you've got like fifty million views right there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not even something you film. You just have to stumble upon it. Stumble, like, yeah. Like it's just somebody who thought this was funny or yeah. something was stupid, and then. You saw it had like 10 views and then you're just like, all right, this is awesome. Let's yeah. make it better. The weird thing for me too, uh, also on Facebook, is like all the security footage videos. I'm just like, where did they get this footage? And like, that's just, that's awesome. But like, how did they get that footage? And why is it on internet? And like, yeah. how did it, like, it's or like really old videos, like that were clearly filmed on like a VHS or something. Like, yeah. How are these relevant like these are just like little memories of someone's life that no one like never thought of anything else and now they're here blowing up on the internet like it's another just really weird phenomenon i guess of the weirdness of the internet it's very true um but uh i was gonna say before we start recording we know each other from like lucas and yeah did you go to the same high school as us as well i went to dover when i was in grade 11 okay so yeah we've we've come in contact probably a couple times then and, yep and uh we were talking a little bit about like recording uh video uh, not necessarily video but audio or whatever do little recordings when we're hanging out with our friends getting drunk and stuff and and i was going to say a funny kind of little thing i was telling our buddy jamie who's in southeast asia with lucas right now yep. um i was like hey man i know you're gonna you're gonna have like you're in southeast asia you gotta have a couple crazy nights so just do me this favor and trust me you're not gonna regret it one night, just, like, put your phone in, like, your pocket and just hit, like, record on your video and record the entire night. <laughs> because if there's anything I'd be more interested in seeing on their entire trip, it's just that, what that video would look like. Right. Like, that, just one night of, like, here it is, all just uncut, uncensored, like, this is the madness of it all, and that's all I would need to hear from their trip. Like, I, but I'm, I'm also not the kind of guy who, like listens to people talk about like their trips and stuff like I like hearing the gist of it and then like you I know you'll have a lot of stories but you know let's just hear the, the quickie you know the quick classics yeah let's let's hear the things you're gonna tell us over and over again yeah but yeah it's it's very exciting it's gonna be cool to have them come back I'm excited yeah I am too uh I'm actually really excited to hear from them come back just to be able to play Fortnite with them again right like, I, were, were you did he did you get him on that no but he tried to get me onto it yeah and then i was like oh no i'm like i'm not i'm not interested like yeah. and Perfect. then my one buddy's like you gotta download it you're downloading mm. it tonight mm. and i download it i'm like wow this game actually doesn't isn't as bad as i thought and yeah. now like i'm super into it yeah and it's 
it's they're doing everything right. Like I love that it's free. I love that the entire game is going to eventually become free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, like I'm, it's just great. Like I didn't expect to be taken by it. Yeah, I I was. I'm kind of in the same boat where I was. I had seen like gameplay of it, like when it was kind of like first really getting its footing, like after the whole like big PUBG thing. Yeah. And I remember hearing like, oh, there's this there's this Fortnite that's coming out. It's it's kind of like it, but it's it's got building in it, and it's kind of a little more cartoony, but it's free. And I'm like, oh, if it's free, it's gotta be, you know, if it's like PUBG and it's free, I may as well give it a try. Right. And I gave it a try, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so much fun. Like, why is everyone not playing this? And I, I was like, I texted Lucas, like, hey, man, you got downloaded, like, Fortnite. Like, it's like PUBG, but, like, it's free, and it's, like, a little more fast-paced. And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm already playing, like, Battlefield 2 or whatever. Like, I'm like, all right, man. Like, Or I guess it was Battlefront 2. Yeah. Yeah, not Battlefield 2. <laughs> and, and he was doing that, and then I, I managed to get one of our other buddies on there, and... He was actually the one I think eventually uh, yeah. convinced Lucas to download it, and like, I remember like, I told you, man, you got to download this stuff, and uh, I started playing. Uh, I'm really big into Destiny and Destiny Two, and I was playing that for a good amount of time before it kind of died out, and uh, I managed to meet a couple buddies on there, and uh, we've been playing Fortnite like nonstop recently, and goddamn, it's just so much fun. I love like the the. The fact they continuously update the game like every two weeks with something that is like worth checking out and and it's free and I'm just like yeah I'll keep playing this game and we've managed to, in the past couple days we've got like five W's so I'm like that's awesome I'm like all right I'm finally getting good at a game again it feels good yeah that was that was getting a victory royale in that game yeah. is so satisfying mm-hmm. like I've never got a solo but I don't play solo too often yeah. i almost i do prefer to play like with friends yeah, yeah yeah and uh but i love that they're it's like every other every couple weeks there's a new game mode yeah like yeah. right now they have like a big team battle kind of thing yeah the uh five teams of 20 uh which is really fun too yeah it, it's funny about that game and i and I've, i never played PUBG because i'm not really a pc guy um i'm not i'm not either so yeah i just never really got into it. i don't have an xbox so Fortnite was like the only option, and uh, yeah, getting W's in that game is so. It's almost I I don't know how hard it is compared to PUBG, but I imagine it's it's got to be pretty. I would think it's pretty similar. Yeah, if anything, I think it's almost harder because you have the whole building aspect. Like true, because I mean, like yeah, like I mean, you start shooting at someone, and then all of a sudden they have a tower, and if you're not building, yeah, you're, you, you, they have the high ground. You're you're hooped, right? Yeah. Like, and then there's a the whole aspect of, like, well, if they have their base, you can just kind of sneak up on them and build up to their base anyway. So, like, you're never really in a position where you're that safe or, like... Yeah, absolutely. Anything can be shot down and, like, I don't know. It's I don't I don't know if PUBG's destructible like that, like, the world, but that's why I really like Fortnite. Is like, someone behind that house will blow up the house. Like, exactly, you know, right? Like, what's, wor- what's worse that's going to happen? And, uh... Yeah, and, uh... I can't play that game solo. Like, I get way too frustrated. I'm like, I need someone else to, like, keep me sane. Like, right? someone just to watch my back. Or, like, the feeling that you just, like, you get sniped or something and you're just instantly out. I'm like, damn. But if you're in duos, you can have someone you pick have, you up. Yeah. You can play a little bit longer. You can kind of get those clutch little 
little saves on, you know, you're in the middle of one team fight and then another team shows up and you're just like, oh my god, and you're just trying to shoot at one guy, but you can't. Yeah, because then you have to worry about everybody else around you. It's yeah. it's really chaotic, and I like that because it's... And I really like how you don't have to sit and watch the whole game. No. Like, you're in and out, and then you're back playing again in, like, three minutes. Yeah, it's... That was the first thing I noticed after... Because I never played PUBG, but I had always heard it's a fun game if you're willing to wait, like, between the actual gameplay part of it. Yeah. And I was never really that huge on that idea, but then Fortnite, it was just like... You die, you just jump back in the game, and you it automatically fills up the the lobby so fast, and, like, you're literally, like, dead and in a game within, like, a minute. Like, it's crazy. And it is. And it's... But it's awesome. Like, I like how... And, like, I really like how you can build things differently. Like, mm-hmm. you can change the stairs, or you can do... That's, that's another cool thing, is that whole editing aspect that I am just so bad at. Oh unless it's, like... I can take my time. Yeah, it's, like, okay... Press circle and then X here and there and then pull the trigger and it doesn't work and I'm like I don't get it. Yeah, I think this I did it wrong, but I, I don't know. But I can get a door up sometimes, which I'm pretty proud of. But other than that, I have no idea how anything else works in that game. One of the more tedious things for building for me is like when you would when you go to build mm-hmm. and like you go to throw up a wall, all of a sudden the wall is like this freaking high on the ground. I'm yeah. like, why is this like this? Yeah, and it just like it needs to be up okay, here. Yeah, like I need to be higher. Yeah. Or it's just it's facing the wrong way, and you're like, I didn't, I don't need that right there. And yeah, and then you're just like, it just always comes at the time you're being shot at. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm making this work. Just build everything everywhere, and just hope that the bullets don't hit me. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I love, I love the feeling of that though. I love that kind of chaoticness of it. Like, you just really don't know, and it's funny because I, I was, I'm the one of the only few people I know who ever really played. Destiny one throughout its entire lifespan. All right. Because uh, a lot of people just stopped giving a, a crap about that game like two days after it came out, which is fine and justifiable because it really wasn't that great. But then Destiny two came and that game, oh, uh, was a was a bit of a heartbreaker. But uh, and so I kind of haven't really been playing a whole lot of games until Fortnite really became prominent, and I've just started playing. Uh, I was playing the division a little bit when it kind of got be- better. I love that game. Yeah, I really, I, I think I'm on like the very last level. And I just haven't gone around to beating it for some reason. It uh, the sequel was announced. Oh, it, oh, yes. oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing that a little bit about that. Um, but uh, playing that game, like I played the beta, I was like very lukewarm. I'm like, I'm like, I love the, P- the idea of the PvP. Yeah. How you can be friends or not. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is great, but I just could It wasn't enough for me to be like, I need to have this today. Yeah. And then it was on sale, and me and my buddy were just like, let's let's pick it up. Yeah. So we picked it up, and we were just. It was me, a buddy, another guy, and we were just like, this, this is awesome. Yeah. No. It, it, and they improved it so much. Yeah, that's one thing. Is again, because Destiny kind of died out at the beginning of this year and the last year, and uh, that was one game that I heard been hearing so much about as like, hey, this game's coming back. So you may as well pick it up because it's been out for like three years and it's got to be like 25 bucks by now or something. So mm-hmm. I went and picked it up and my buddy was really into it, who I've been playing Destiny with. And uh, so we played it and we played through all the way up to the very last mission. And nice. then, I, then we started playing Fortnite a lot again and, and uh, I just picked up Rainbow Six Siege. Nice. I hear that. I, like, I, I have mutual like feelings on that game. Like mm. I played, they have like a free weekend. Mm-hmm. 
played it and it would be awesome because we'd play a game and it'd be great. Yeah. Then as soon as we try to go for another game, the matchmaking at the time, I think the matchmaking was kind of bugged. And yeah. It would take, it just wouldn't find us a game and we were just like, okay, I'm not, yeah. I can't justify yeah. it. Yeah. No, yeah. And it definitely, I remember that, like, that's again the only reason why I picked up recently because I heard it, it had been fixed and okay. like, it's pretty cheap. So I was like, yeah, why not? And I'm really a first person shooter guy when it comes down to it, which. Fortnite is kind of a nice little change of pace for that, so is the division because you're third, third person, person yeah. and a little, little more different gameplay. But then I still need that first person, first person shooter fix that I had with like Destiny, and right. so Rainbow Six Siege seemed like the only, the only actual option out of the games right now that seemed to make sense because I feel like Call of Duty is a little too much running gun. Uh, I don't even know of another like. I can't even think of another decent first-person shooter right now that's out. Uh, I guess Star Wars, but that's a, and Battlefield, but those also feel like kind of run-and-gun games. They're a little more slower-paced than yeah. Call of Duty, but yeah. They're yeah, not. they're not like Rainbow Six, where it's like you're trying to like, you know, tactically you know, get into this building and you know, do whatever little mission you need, which I really, I really like, and you got all the different characters and mm-hmm. the different perks and different guns, so it, it feels kind of Overwatchy like that. Yeah. And a little Destiny like, and uh, I tried getting Overwatch as well, but that was I just never really had the budget for that game because it never went on sale. It, so. And then when it and it is always like full price, it seems like I don't know why. It's, like it's it's like I've been watching it, I've been waiting for it, and I think it was like thirty five percent off a little while ago, but it was still like thirty three dollars, and I'm like, I can get Rainbow Six for like twelve bucks. Like, yeah. Why would it, like why is this game still so much money? But I guess it's still a good game. It's still super popular, I yeah, believe. Yeah, so. But uh, that's a game I wouldn't mind trying out a little bit more. For the, for the moment, it's it's Fortnite and Rainbow Six. Nice. And, uh, yeah, this, it's been good. It's been uh, a little bit of a change of pace, considering I used to play, again, like I only played Destiny right. 1 for the three years it was out. Like, that was the only game I played. That's awesome. I, and, uh... So now it's like, I'm kind of waiting for the second one to get fixed, and it's it's getting there slowly. Probably better in September. Than you, but. Yeah, like, but um, you play music. Yeah. So what kind of like what instrument do you play? Uh, primarily uh, guitar, bass, and drums at the moment. Um, okay. And that's just because I feel like if you play guitar, you kind of have to. I, well, I started on bass. Because there's no bass players ever around, so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I eventually picked up the guitar and then the drums. And it was just because they were all available to me. Like, My parents aren't mus- musical, but my brothers are, so we always had a guitar or a bass. And then eventually right. my little brother got the drum kit. And So yeah, we we uh, pretty musical household, considering it's just me and my brother who live there. Well, with my parents, I guess. Yeah. It still gets really loud in there sometimes. <laughs> I bet. And... Uh, yeah, uh, music-wise, I've been a little bit on the kind of quiet side just because I've been focusing on a lot of school and kind of trying to get my own ambitions sorted out a little bit more. Uh, right. But I still do music as often as I can. Um, I like have my guitar and a bass sitting beside my bed that I pick up while I'm watching YouTube videos or while I'm playing video games between matches. I'll just strum a little bit and... Uh, 
kind of it, it, it scratches the the itch a little bit, but man, I having seen like a couple live concerts, and I probably go to way too many live concerts in general, but like. Every time I go, it's like, man, I need to be in a band again. Like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I need to drop everything, find, like, four dudes, and, like, just hit the road with, like, some music. But it's a, it's a little difficult in Nanaimo to find the kind of musicians that want to play the same music as you and who don't play the same instrument as you. Right. And I have a really kind of weird approach to music. I like kind of a little more out there music, so it's really tough to find other people who want to do that kind of non-traditional style of music. And uh, What kind of music do you like to play? Uh, I'm trying really hard to learn like how to do like math rock stuff, which is like basically really fast punk jazz, I guess, if you like kind of think about it. Like it's a lot of notes and a lot of really quick time signatures that switch time signatures a lot. Right. Um, but I'm trying to, to, I'm not really like a fast punk guy all the time. I like kind of a little bit slower music. So uh, it's a little more on the indie side, I guess. Uh, but with like some weird kind of little diddles and daddles in the middle throughout. And, uh, and it's fun music to play. Uh, it's just difficult to find people who are willing to play it just because there's, there's a, there's a real learning curve to it. Okay. It's not like you can just kind of know how to play guitar or bass and then sit down and start playing this kind of music. Right. Not that it's any more difficult than like being like an expert jazz player or anything. Like it's just not a very common type of music to learn, I guess, how to play. Right. So that's why it's kind of a little more difficult to find people, uh, who want to do that, but and then also find people who want to like actually go see that performed. I feel like isn't probably the easiest thing, because I'm sure most people when they go out in Nanaimo and go see the band, go see a band, they go to like the Queens or the Vault or the Canby to see either a metal band, a blues band, or a cover band. Right. <laughs> Which is you know great and dandy for those guys doing their thing, but for the guys like. Uh, the very few guys and gals like me, we don't really have a space that's consistently occupied by people who want to hear the same music. Okay. Uh, there is, like, venues like Crace Mountain, um, which is, like, a, kind of an artsy venue, but they're almost a little too weird for me, and not that being too weird is a bad thing or anything, but it's just, like, I like to keep things a little dialed back. Okay. A little more accessible to all audiences. Um Whereas the stuff there, I think, is really, really artsy, really kind of hipster, punk kind of stuff, which is great, which is awesome. It's a great space, great people, but it's not awesome, not totally up my alley, I guess. Okay. Um, which is sad, because I think uh, Nanaimo would be a really good place for more live music and more just industry for like entertainment and media. Because we're right next to Vancouver. We're right up from Victoria. Like, we're kind of in the middle of it all. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, other than, like, I think there's, like, one TV show that's sometimes filmed here on the island that I hear is really not a good TV show, but it's filmed here on the island. But So it's something. It's something. But, like, man, I would I would love to be able to have, like, Two grand to go rent a cabin out in the woods and film like a movie or a short short 
short movie story guest kind of thing. It's because we just have so much good. There's a lot of good locations here. There's a lot of really good locations. Like anytime I drive anywhere on the island, I'm constantly looking out the window like, that's a good film. That's a, that's a spot right there that, that something can be shot there and it would look awesome. But And I think uh, a lot of that goes for kind of uh, music and production here in the city where it's just so lacking in variety and even an I'm on its own is there's some decent locations within the city for productions and like it's not like we don't have the space and we don't have like I'm sure like production companies came here they'd love they love it it's quiet enough I guess but. yeah I mean we usually not a lot of people like there's usually like when things are here <laughs> I only ever hear about them. I never have actually seen them. So yeah. it's like I feel like you could get away with it pretty low key, or yeah. if you could, if you had to, you could find you could like control the crowd. Like no one's gonna start running for anyone. Like we're not no. we're not riding like like Vancouver in 2010. Like we're no. pretty laid back people because it's it's like it used to be a retirement island. Yeah, definitely. That's what it was, right? Yeah. And it, it's I think the, the young people are definitely bringing a lot of life here. Like that's one thing I've noticed is. Like, the young people, the the people in their twenties and and younger, are all really, really passionate about the community. Yeah, I guess maybe more in the south end than the north end because the north end is kind of just full of retirement places. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like there's a little bit of wasted potential in this town. Um, I feel like there's a lot of really cool uh, people, a lot of really cool ideas floating around, a lot, just a lot of really cool potential, and it's just. I don't know, it just feels like we're all just kind of sitting here, like, waiting for something, but no one's really sure what that something is, and no one's really sure when it's going to happen, but, like, at least that's how I feel, I don't know, it's like, I feel like I'm either waiting for my school to wrap up, or I'm waiting for one thing to finish, so I can go somewhere else to do something, because I don't have the resources or the accessibility here to do it. Right. Um... Which is kind of a, again a crappy thing, but I mean it's not too bad because Vancouver's right over, right over there. Seattle's not that far away. We're on the west coast, so I mean if you really want to go to the LA, it's not. It's not like overly far. It's not. It's not impossible. Uh, even places like Portland, which I hadn't known very little about, uh, kind of before the last couple of years, and being there and talking to like people, there we're all like. Man, the growth in this city in like the past four years is ridiculous. Like, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like, and then I started thinking about it a little bit more. Like, the growth in Nanaimo in the past four years is like, it's kind of getting there. We're, there's a lot of land. There's like it's everything's booming right now in terms of construction. Like, there's a, it seems like Nanaimo is growing. Yeah, and it, the weirdest, and it's funny you mention that because the weirdest thing is, I used to, I have a buddy who's, who lives up the a couple blocks up the street, and so I used to visit him a lot, and I used to drive that one road, I guess, right there. That, yeah. And it used to, I thought it was always full of like a nice little like kind of shrubbery and forest, and then I drove there today, I'm like, it's all just clear cut. It's all gone. Yeah. It's all gone, and I'm like, why, like I, like, Jesus, like how did this happen? How did I miss this, like? And, like, it's the same even just driving around Nanaimo. I'm like, where did this roundabout come from? Where did, where did this building get torn down? Like, where, what is happening? And, like, and I realized that I guess just it's just the West Coast is booming right now for some mm-hmm. reason. And, uh, 
I guess Nanaimo is definitely getting a little part of that, and I, and I hope it draws some attention from Vancouver media-wise. and Yeah, that'd be good. Production-wise, which would be awesome. Um, yeah, I guess that's... I, I, used to, I used to be part of uh, the Youth Advisory Council of Nanaimo, I guess is what it was called. It was basically it was like a little council of 12 students, I guess, at the time from like post-secondary and high school and we were just like the advisory council for the for the mayor but from like a youth perspective because okay. because I guess the city I finally realized that yeah there's a lot of youth people who are very passionate about their community so I was I was part of that uh, for a, a, about a year and a half or so and so and and that kind of draws back to that wasted potential thing where they could have done so much cool stuff but they just, they just didn't yeah. Really do anything. So, yeah, it was a that was a bit of a weird time in my life as well, where I decided to be involved with the community. I mean, it's always cool though. I mean, you kind of get like a more of an inside kind of look, see kind of what's going on. Yeah, basically, I just really, I, I basically just want to do what I've been saying the past twenty minutes or whatever. It's just that strive for uh, for production and music and entertainment right. and the arts, like. <laughs> Nanaimo's really got nothing going for it other than its retirement city, I guess. Or at least that's how I always seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when really we could do so much more. <laughs> yeah, if you were able to do like a do like a production video mm-hmm. or music, what would you want to do? Like, what would be like the the number one project that's on your mind right now? Uh, I've had this idea of. Um, like a short horror kind of spooky video. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a, it could be a music video. Like it, it definitely could be short enough to be a music video, but it could also be long enough to be you know 15, 20 minutes long. Uh, and just basically kind of like a story of blending dreams and reality and kind of like nightmares in there too. And I like to kind of keep things simple but abstract that it's not exactly clear what things mean or not exactly clear what's happening. And so I have a lot of really interesting ideas on how to make a little video of something like, kind of like that where uh, what the ideally what I want to do was have it filmed from different perspectives but not any traditional perspectives. Like mm-hmm. the entire thing's filmed from like different places around the the room were around the area, but not like on a tripod. Like it's just sitting, like the camera sitting on like a shelf, or like from the, like different perspectives in the room to kind of give it a little less of a traditional feel, where you don't have the full picture, but you can kind of make out what's going on a little bit. Right. And then I always find fixed cameras like that always make a lot of really interesting tension for kind of horror, spooky stuff. And uh, I'm really interested in, in like psychological thrillers, so I guess that's kind of where it all comes from. So kind of like a Shutter Island kind of vibe. Uh, yeah, probably a little more, a little more than that. Uh, it's funny because I love horror and thriller content, but I hate watching horror movies and thriller <laughs> movies. Like, I hate it so much. And so, to kind of get my itch, I've been I've just started reading a lot of kind of more freaky stuff. Okay. Uh, Notably, uh, I, on like the last 20 pages of the Necronomicon, which is like Book of the Dead kind of thing. It, okay. Uh, it was originally done by like H.P. Lovecraft, 
and it's got a couple different versions. And uh, are you familiar with like uh, Cthulhu, like the giant squid monster looking thing? It's got like squid face and man body, dragon wings kind of thing. I'm not, but that sounds very interesting. It's a, it's pretty freak. It's a pretty freaky looking like devil, evil monster, demon kind of thing. But uh, basically, the book is just trying to tie together all these different kind of lore fictions of the different writers and like how it came to be. And Cthulhu's kind of one of the main characters that it's trying to explain, I guess. Right. And it's all about like the cosmic energies in the universe and like evil and good and like just like stories from before our universe was created and how it all kind of came to be and and so it was really kind of messed up weird book of rituals how to summon demons and gods and what to do not to upset them and all that stuff so i read that and that's where i've been finding a lot of inspiration um recently and i've also picked up the complete fiction of hp lovecraft okay which is like this huge, beautiful, blue, kind of silk-covered book, and uh, it's just full of really messed-up horror stories as well, which is also kind of what I'm trying... I'd like to be able to do stuff with monsters in my videos without having it feel, you know, cheesy. Oh, for sure. I always feel like that's the case with, with monster movies or anything like that. It's like... How do you just keep it from being so cheesy and like, how do you just keep people from laughing as soon as they see the monster kind of thing? So I'm trying to figure out how to work with using like darkness and, and like shadows and kind of non-traditional figures and monsters, I guess, to get around that. Okay. Um, but then, you know, that's all just, that's the ideal. That's the idea of, of you know, being able to do spooky stuff, but then, you know, logistically, it's pretty hard to do by yourself or with very few people who want to do that same kind of thing. And uh, so I'm kind of in the, I'm in the kind of point where this is stuff I think I could do realistically on an affordable budget of like my phone and a laptop kind of idea. Uh, but just, it's finding people that, you know, want to do that as well and take time out of their day, you know, not get paid and to put something together that, you know, maybe 20 people will see on YouTube or, you know, you know, if you go the other way, you know, 20,000 people see it. Exactly. So I'm kind of in that position now where I'm like, all right, if I seriously want to do this, I should, I should probably just kick myself in the ass a couple of times and get to it. So I, I've, I've done some writing for different ideas. Oh, awesome. Um, because I was actually in a, I was in a writing class last semester, so I just kind of used an excuse to write a bunch of scripts. Okay. So I got a bunch of ideas floating around, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm just trying to kick myself in the ass and figure it out. Hey man, you, I I I believe you can make it happen. Thank you. It'll be, and next thing you know, you'll be like the next Max Landis. You'll be writing scripts and I hope, killing it. I'd hope so. I uh, or you like, J.J. Abrams is a bit of an inspiration for me because oh, awesome. That guy kind of just I think he's at a point now where he can just basically do whatever he wants, and people are going to like buy it at least that's how i'm feeling like that's kind of like that's but like yeah i feel like it's the same thing with him and like steven spielberg yeah or like or he's more of a director though isn't he uh yeah i think steven spielberg is more of yeah, the director yeah. so my bad there but 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 i mean if you know, get the idea though if he's interested in the project they'll just here yeah. let you do it you do it we trust you enough and uh 
the more I read about that guy, the more the more interested I am. Like uh, he had a book that he didn't write; he just conceptualized it. He was basically, like, I have this idea for a book. Here, writing team, go do it. Like, and they did it, and it was a book that's you know your traditional book, just whatever story. Right. But the actual like plot of the book happens between like two characters who rented out this book in like a library. So they're like there's notes along the side and like there's like little code and like there's like cut out newspaper and postcards all within this book. Oh cool. And so you can read the entire book and not read any of that stuff and you'll just get whatever story the book is. But then you get all that option of like to read all this additional stuff, which is the actual what JJ Abrams wanted this book to be and mm-hmm. the story it wanted to tell. So like hearing stuff like that just makes me like more inspired to kind of like get in that position and aim for that that goal of just being like I can do whatever I want and like people are gonna you know you know understand it to some extent or you know they're going to participate in it or they're at least going to just appreciate it you know I you know I haven't read that book because I don't have enough I'm already kind of occupied enough right as it is but like I still appreciate that you know more than like probably your average director or or writer like just saying they directed or wrote, or wrote some movie. It's like oh that's cool, but like, what else do you do? Yeah, I. It only goes so far. Your you know, your creativity. If you limit it to just movies or just film, then you're kind of. You yeah, you're definitely limiting yourself because yeah. it's like you could do like even like a chapter in a book, or yeah. you could do like a TV show. I mean, I know it's kind of film, but I mean yeah. you could also do. Or, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he just did the Cloverfield Paradox. Okay, yep. Which was an all right movie. It was, yeah, it was. I, I, I preferred the other uh, Cloverfield Lane to it, but uh, doing stuff like that where he just like announced, like they just announced it during the Super Bowl, and they're like, it's going to be up on Netflix like right after this. Like the balls to do that kind of stuff. It's it's awesome. That's it to me. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like there's no you didn't build any hype for it. You didn't do anything besides here's a trailer. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. 30 seconds. It's available an hour and a half. Knock yourself out. Yeah. And it sold me. It got me instantly. I was so stoked about it. And even though the movie was, it was all right. I, I still appreciated the movie. And I still enjoyed it. And, uh, but just the, that on its own, like stuff like that, or when Bethesda did the Fallout 4 announcement, then like, that was awesome. Here's Fallout Shelter, like available now. Like that's to me, like how you really make a good, a good name for yourself in those kind of industries. For sure. That's how you get my respect at least. Like and you just you you take a risk. Exactly. You take a risk and you know, I think with those kind of production studios and Bethesda and you know JJ Abrams, they're kind of in a position where they can take those risks and they're going to pay off. And so I think that's just again, that's that's another one of those goals I like to I like to set for myself. That's cool. That's good it's good to see you have goals and it's awesome. Like, it's like now you you have the goals. Now you can figure out the step, what steps you need to take mm-hmm. to get towards those goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, even though it's a bit of a again a tricky learning curve, which I feel like everything is nowadays. Even though you expect it not to be that tricky, but it ends up being pretty tricky. Uh, is yeah, just that learning curve of figuring out like what are those steps? Like, like that's always going to be like my downfall is like I'll figure out those steps but then like actually going and and putting the work into doing them is 
it's like it's almost a little overwhelming because once you start a project you're like well now if I start it and I don't finish it I'm a failure and I'm just gonna like think lowly of myself or, and think poorly um, of what I've done but then there's also the other side of it is if you kick yourself in the ass enough and you start it then you're like you're determined to finish it like you gotta you started this you gotta man up you gotta you know put your big boots on and and uh, get it done yeah um, it I find that it's, it's a lot of things it's like huge psychological barrier uh, like it's a lot of things like I used to go to the air house and I really wanted to attempt a double backflip yeah. but I was very hard like any and essentially any trick yeah super hard to like you you can you, you can jump but it's like you gotta you can't just half-ass the trick no. you gotta like you gotta commit you so gotta, it's like yeah. you if you commit and then you're like oh that wasn't so bad even if you like make a mistake to say during like the production you're like yeah. okay we can fix this or we yeah. can you can make it work oh yeah absolutely yeah and uh it really is yeah just but kind of I think for me, it's always, I don't want to start something if I feel like I have that hesitation on it. If I feel like any kind of like, oh man, maybe this this isn't this isn't the best. It, usually, I I'll I'll put it aside, I'll sleep on it, and and I'll kind of try to come back to it. Because the last thing I want to do is sort of start something and, and feel like you can't finish it because it's not letting you finish it, or if it's just like it's just not happening. Like right, that to me is always my fear of like. I'm going to put 10 hours into something. I'm going to, you know, get halfway through it and then realize this is nothing I want it to be like. And that, I guess that's just, that is just part of that learning curve and, and getting through those growing steps and figuring out like what it is exactly you need to do to get what you want production wise. For sure. Uh, it's just, it's scary. It's even though it's like, it's so easy and literally no one else will see it. Like, yeah, like it's, you can edit it. You can do it. You can be like, you can show one person, but you don't need to show anyone. Mm -hmm. But at least if you did this project, you completed it, and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I like this portion of this, but I don't like the the turn it took. Yeah. What can I do to fix it? What, exactly. what step can? So it's like there's, it's like sometimes the steps are too big to take all at once. You have yeah. to find the little steps to climb. Yeah, absolutely, totally, and. And that's something I think uh, can be applied to just about anything because I've, I've done that with music where I, I write songs and I'll, I'll record them, write them, finish them up, and I'll, I'll sit back and listen. I'm like, oh, that just that's just not good. It's just not not working. And then, you know, I'll, as much as I want to always hit just delete and clear it, I never do. I always like. I'll just save it as attempt one or whatever. Yeah, exactly, right? And then I'll go back, and when I when I feel like I want to finish or, or retry that project, I go back and I listen to it, or I'll watch whatever I have, or, or just go over whatever I have, and, like, what in here worked, what didn't, what can I take to do it, what can I use from this that would make sense in other projects, what would make sense in, like, the reimagination of this project, like, and that's... That's part of the fun of it for me too, which is kind of funny because now I feel like I'm contradicting myself a little <laughs> bit. But it, it is fun when you're at that step and like you're kind of you're content with being at that step. Because I find it's a bit of like when you first get that step, you're just like, God damn it, like this sucks. Like I don't want to do this anymore. But then once you get content with it, you're like, All right, well, let's let's figure this out. Like exactly. Um, at that point, I think I think it's really fun and you can kind of have a 
building blocks to be really creative after that. Absolutely. That's that's really cool. And it's super inspiring. It's, it's nice to see, like, you know, people around here still yeah. trying to, you know, take it to that bit further so they're not just living the, the plain Jane life, you know? Exactly. And I think, uh, again, ties back to that waste of potential in the area and the city, but... Uh, there's not. It's just not me out there. I know there's people in my digital media program who, you know, want to create all these really cool things and and want to do all these really cool things. But it's, it, again, you just we're all so limited by you know we gotta pay for schooling, gotta pay for our car and our gas, and you know, mm-hmm. we have to go do our stupid nine to five job and do Absolutely. all this stuff. And you gotta find time to do stuff like this where you can sit down and and record or uh, any kind of that stuff and and. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to do you know gameplay videos on YouTube. I'd love to be able to you know stream on Twitch and you know build a community. But like, again, it's just that kind of stuff of like. So you gotta commit. Yeah, like, you, you just, gotta you gotta commit because if you're gonna start streaming on Twitch, yeah, as much as you know, as I think you know you can do it like casually, like here and there every now and then. But if you want to do it on Twitch, you gotta like a schedule. You gotta stream like every Tuesday at this time or every Thursday at that time. And yeah, exactly right. Like you gotta. You gotta you got to put the time in and you got to be like, okay, this is, I have a million ideas, but I want to focus on this idea mm-hmm. right now. Cause if you focus, I find if you spread yourself out, like you're working on like three or four different projects, mm-hmm. you're not, you don't actually get anywhere on each of the projects because yeah. you're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle on each project. Yeah. And then you just, then you end up confusing puzzle pieces and different puzzles and, and yeah. yeah, totally. Like you just get so, I, at least that's how I feel. I get really jumbled and, uh, at least that's how I get in school, where I have like four projects that need to be done, and I'm just like, "All right, so I'm just not going to do any of them, I guess, <laughs> or like, like I'm going to do this for Ben, like." Yeah, you just there's just too much on the plate, and yeah. then it's hard to clear the plate because you don't know where to start. Yeah, and uh, that being said, I do I do, I do think it's it's a it's not a bad idea to take a little bit of creative breaks from from projects and, oh, yeah, and for work, sure. work on something else a little bit but to kind of like just kind of reboot your brain yeah exactly but like yeah when you're in like crunch time and like you got four things due or you got four things on the go and you want to get it all out and you're setting you know goals for yourself and and you know sometimes I, that's a little more harmful than it is uh productive um at least again that's just how i feel sometimes when i'm in school and you know i want to do my own personal stuff, but I want to do stuff for school, and then I still got, still got to do stuff for more school, and like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough, and I, I've, and I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit of finding enough time to do my own personal stuff and kicking myself in the ass enough to to get on that and do it. Um, so I'm hoping this summer, I'm hoping this summer I can finally get off my ass a little bit and for sure get some stuff done especially with the sun coming out again so it's nice it's 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 funny how much i've noticed how much the weather affects me now that i've grown up a little bit like god damn i'm tired of the rain and the cold oh, like i'm gosh i don't want it anymore man i'm done with it i'm I done wanna, i want sunny days i gotta sit on my deck and play the guitar and write some music or read a book in the sun or something like Absolutely. I'm just tired of tired of the cold. And I feel more inspired in the sun. More more energy, more lively, and for sure, right? Because you know, you're just it's just like it's the time to do it. Like no, mm-hmm. like when I when it's raining and cold outside, I don't really want to do much. I just want to like kind of relax and just 
wait it out. But yeah. it's not what you can't you can't do it. You just can't. You gotta yeah. push yourself. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting letting uh, those kind of things uh, prevent you from from working on stuff. Because uh, I always try to find like if I'm supposed to be working on something, like I try to as much as I should not totally unnaturally force myself like creative creative wise yeah sometimes i get some of the best ideas out of that and at least i've noticed where it's like sometimes you really do just gotta like as much as it feels like everything in the universe is telling you not to work on something or not to do something is when you go and do it it's like all right now i see things a little bit differently and uh it's kind of cool i like i like the kind of times where i can get inspired enough in situations where I, I feel like I shouldn't be inspired to, to do something because that's usually when I feel like I do some of my best work. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't know how long this has gone on for now. Uh, we're just over an hour. Oh, cool. But uh, no, I was thinking, you know, let's, we've, we had a good time and I just wanted to thank you for being the first guest on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, this is something I I wanted to do, podcasts and stuff more, more often and, and just talking with people that feel like I probably should have had more conversations with at this point. Like you've known Lucas for a good while now and I, I know you know his older brother and like yeah. I hear uh, he's always talking about you. Uh you know, like, oh yeah, Brandon was just over or I'm gonna go hang out with Brandon. I'm like, man, like seems like a pretty good guy. I don't know why I've, I've never actually had like a conversation with him. Yeah, man. we like we we just have different schedules, man. That's just Yeah. And it's just the way life is and but I got you on PlayStation. We should play some Fortnite. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I'm super down for that. Yeah, yeah, man. I've, there's always it's always me and like two other guys. We're always missing a fourth, so we're always like looking for right? a fourth. And uh, I hate playing solo, so duos are always <laughs> duos, duos exactly. always, always an option. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you again. Yeah. No, great. Yeah. Thanks. So that's thanks for watching. Um, that's the first episode of Just Charisma, and uh, we'll see you again.